Joshua chapter 24. We're going to be in the last chapter this morning. We are continuing in our series. If you're our guest, we've been in a series now since July called Nexus Now, which is a study of the book of Joshua. So if you're just joining us for the first time or you missed any uh, of these messages, both myself, Pastor Todd, we've been tag teaming um, uh, in this series. You can go on our, our app, uh, podcast, website, Vimeo, YouTube, all those platforms, and you can catch up. So again, we'll jump into the last chapter of Joshua this morning. Uh, and also, that's where we're going to conclude next week. So I'll be ending the series next week as well, Joshua chapter 24. So just to kind of set it up, since I know we, we moved forward ahead, a lot of the chapters in between, uh, it was 14 we was in last week, and now 24. A lot of it is the distribution of the land, him dividing up the land and whatnot. And so as I feel like we need to wrap it up and just kind of set up the stage. In, in, in Joshua chapter 23, Joshua begins his farewell speech to Israel right before he dies. He recaps everything the Lord had done for Israel during their time in the wilderness and in Canaan, and he challenges the Israelites to remain faithful to the Lord. So now let's pick up his speech now. Uh, he continues on. He started in, in chapter 23, and he continues on with this speech in, in chapter 24. So Joshua 24, beginning in verse 1. Then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahar, lived behind the Euphrates River and they worshiped other gods. But I took your ancestors, Abraham, from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him to the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau, I gave the mountains of Seir, while Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt, and afterwards I brought you out as free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of the land. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this time together that we've already had in worship and prayer. Now, Lord, as we get into your word... And Joshua, Father, we just thank you, even as we just read the recap of all the miracles you did, both in the wilderness and in the promised land, Lord. We just believe you, you have, you're working in us, and Lord God, that next is still right now. You got miracles for us right now, and land to take, and inheritance for us spiritually, a calling, a purpose, and a destiny. So I pray you help me as I preach your word this morning. Holy Spirit, I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help to clearly explain your word, open up our ears, our hearts, our spirits to receive, and most important grace to apply to our lives. Lord, I pray for our friends and neighbors to the uh, to the west of us, Lord, in Texas. And even as that storm may come up a little bit later, Lord, to southwest Louisiana, last thing we need is any flooding, Lord, in, in, in either Texas or Louisiana, Father. I just pray that you cause this storm to either dissipate or move quickly, Lord God, and that you would protect those in its path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, Joshua recapped this for him in this farewell speech because the knowledge of their roots was very important to the Jews because they were God's chosen people with a destiny to fulfill in this world. And, and why are we going through this? Because I continue to encourage you that you too are God's chosen people with a destiny to fulfill. Amen? 
See, Shechem was the ideal location for this moving farewell address by Israel's great leader, Joshua. It was at Shechem that God promised Abraham and his descendants would inherit the land. And that was also where Jacob had built an altar. So it wasn't a random spot. Just a little history here. It wasn't just a random spot Joshua chose to give his farewell speech. It was a very important spot. Shechem was located between Mountain Ebal and Gizurim, Mount Gizurim, where the people of Israel had also reaffirmed their commitment to the Lord. Shechem was definitely what we would know as holy ground. Just as, as Moses took off his sandals and he said, this is holy ground. Well, this area of Shechem was holy ground to the Israelites. See, Joshua was recording God's grace towards the Israelite people. So if nation and land was the key words for Joshua's first address, then the Lord is the major focus of this second address. Matter of fact, Joshua refers to the Lord 21 times during this address to the people. Another key word is serve, which is also used 15 times in this address. And that's what we're going to look at next week. What does it mean to serve the Lord? That's how we're going to conclude our series next week. So God gave them their land and would bless them in that land again and help them fulfill their destiny if they love God and serve him. This has been the theme all through this series and in this book. There are three facts of God's faithfulness that Joshua reminds the Israelites of in these verses of Scripture that we just read. We must remember that these three facts of God's faithfulness help us to fulfill our God-given destiny as well. Amen? This morning I want to talk to you about God's faithfulness in fulfilling your destiny. God has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny. I'm telling you, if I had one thing to preach on or to pick, somebody said you can only preach on one more thing the rest of your life, it would probably be this subject. And you've seen it woven all through this. I, I believe how important it is because if you're living your destiny, you're living in God's perfect will for your life. So we have to make a choice to walk in it, to fulfill it, whatnot, but God is faithful to help us to fulfill it, right? He's not going to send us out and say, I've called you, I've chose you to do these without being faithful. And so I just want to remind you this morning of three facts of God's faithfulness in our lives. We'll see it in the Israelites' lives and in our lives. Number one, God chose Israel and he also chose you. He chose Israel and he chose you. We're not, we're not, we're not here and it's not a random lottery pick that we're here, guys. Amen. It's strategic. Look at Joshua 24, two through four. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahar, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worship other gods. But I took your ancestor. Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants. And he goes on to list them. Listen, Abraham and his family were idolatrous when God called Abram to leave Ur of the Chaldees and go to Canaan. See, a lot of times we don't think that. We don't remember. When he called them, he was actually worshiping a moon god. He was in the land of the Chaldees. He was, he, he wasn't seeking after the true and living God, but God appeared to Abraham and he chose him. He chose him and called him out. Abraham didn't seek God and didn't discover God. It was God who came to Abraham. That's why, you know, we sing the old songs and it's true that we were lost, now we're found. You know, Cassie can tell you there was a there's an old song that I used to kind of have a theological beef with because it, it 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 said I found Jesus and it's like no Jesus was never lost, 
We were lost. But I know what I mean. Later as we talked it out, like some people were searching and then they found Jesus as the real. I used to like, that's not right. That, that's not theologically correct. They shouldn't even play that song anymore on the radio. But it was, she was like, well, no, you got to understand the guy was probably searching all these other things and then he found Jesus. Okay, good. They can keep it on the radio then. If that's, I, I understand now, you know, right? But that is the truth, right? God seeks us out. The only reason we are even looking for the Lord because he's already drawing us. He's already drawing us to himself. He said, if I be lifted up, I prayed this this morning. In my prayer time, I prayed, Lord, as we lift you up in prayer, worshiping the word, because he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The Lord's drawing people, and then we begin to get wooed and, and begin to understand. And I know for me, it was when I really understood, it was about a year process. I came sit down and talk to Pastor Todd in his office and had all kind of questions. And he answered all the questions I had as he says he was knocking down walls. But it was still a year, at least a year from that day. I left his office and had a lot of questions answered and, and opened up till I walked this altar and came down. But God was drawing me the whole time. And we realized that God chooses us. Look. Israel's faith was always the result of God's initiative. Joshua's repetition of God's word, I took, I gave, I said, I brought, reminded the Israelites of this. It was the Lord who chose them, right? One of the repeated titles in the book of Joshua is the Lord God of Israel, and it's used 15 times, the Lord God of Israel. The Jews were indeed a chosen and special people. Check this out. For the Lord of heaven chose to associate his great name with this people group on the earth. He chose them and he chose to attach his name. You know, again, the Lord chose us as well. And we see this all through the Bible. Look at Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. And this was years ago. This was years later, prophet Isaiah. It's, and this is the Lord speaking. He said, I've called you back from the ends of the earth saying, you are my servant for I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, I have chosen you, emphasize God's commitment and faithfulness to his people Israel, who had not been faithful to them. Whenever Isaiah was prophesying that, years they hadn't been faithful, but he was saying, listen, I chose you, and I, I have chosen you. I know you hadn't been faithful, but I've been faithful to you. See, the Lord... How do, the Lord is always faithful to us, even when we're unfaithful. He chose us and he remains faithful, even when we're unfaithful. The Lord said, I will not throw you away. Because Israel was in exile at the time, whenever Isaiah prophesied this, the people felt like God had rejected them. However, God had purposes for them. Listen, for us today, how do we apply this? Everything I'm giving you, we have application. How do we apply? It doesn't matter how far you feel from God right now. He still has a purpose and a plan for your life. And let me say this about your purpose and plan. You can get off track. You can take a detour. But I take comfort in the scripture that says God's calling and giftings can never be withdrawn. So I believe there's some in here, you may have some children or a loved one that may be on a, a detour. And they've been on a detour for a while. But God still has a purpose and a plan for their lives. He still chose them. And I love this scripture. It says, I will not throw you away. People think, man, I've been away from God so long. There's no way God can use me. Well, that scripture in Isaiah tells me differently. I've chosen you and I will not throw you away. He also said, I am with you. The promise of God's presence is central to the Bible because God is present we as his people do not need to fear. Amen. Fear not, for I am with you. That was the theme at the beginning, right? Joshua chapter 1, we started. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for I am with you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go, right? 
Then he says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I don't know exactly what victorious right hand means, but it sounds powerful to me. I don't know about you, right? I don't, I want the Lord to hold me up. See, the Lord used the same language that he did in Exodus when he encouraged the Israelites, but also to encourage us. You know, for years, I've had this same verse I just read to you in Isaiah 41. I've had this verse up in my office. I had it in my old office and then we just, you know, moved offices, me and Pastor Todd switched offices and, and I have it in there. I'm going to put it up again. We're going to, you know, of course my wife's, you know, my interior decorator. So she's doing a few different things. She's going to say, I still want that scripture on my, on my wall. She's going to do it different and whatever, but I want that because many times I've read that verse and it reminded me that God chose me to be here. This wasn't random. This wasn't something that I just went online and filled out applications to be in ministry. God chose me here. And in the days when it's gotten really hard, I've gotten discouraged. It reminds me I still have a destiny to fulfill. So I like keeping this scripture on my wall and in front of me so I see it. Listen, Jesus also told his disciples, which how many disciples of Christ we have in here, right? Let me see your hands. If you're, you say, I'm a disciple, even at home, you say, okay, that's me. Anytime he's speaking to his disciples, he's speaking to us as well, right? This is the Lord Jesus, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. See that? I chose you and appointed you. There's purpose. There's calling. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit shall remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it. Now, we see examples. We can see all through the Gospels how the Lord specifically called the disciples in different ways, like he called uh, uh, Peter as a fisherman and, 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 you know, he called different people. And we see how he called uh, Matthew, the tax collector. And I was just thinking about this because this whole point's on uh, uh, about being chosen by the Lord. How many of y'all have watched this series, The Chosen? Have y'all seen that? Then y'all watch it. It's an online streaming series called The Chosen. It's an amazing series. I want to encourage you. You can go online, just Google it. You can, you can watch it all eight episodes, season one. It's totally crowdfunded, or I think it's called, uh, I think it's what it's called. You know, basically, it's funded by the people and whatnot. They've raised money. They've done an incredible job on it. So I have a clip I want to show from that series where the Lord uh, calls and chooses Matthew. And I just want to, I think it gives us a good illustration of what I'm talking about here. To watch this video clip from the TV series, The Chosen, go to YouTube.com and search Jesus Calls the Misfit Tax Collector. Amen. I love that clip. And, and as I was just thinking, I was just going through them, which again, is eight episodes of season one and it's incredible. It's done really well. You can't tell. Acting is really done, done great. The writing is great. And so, uh, but I love that. That was Peter that came and was opposing, uh, Jesus from calling Matthew. He's like, what are you doing? You know? And I love that. He said, do you know who he is? And he said, yeah, I do. I love that because you know what? A lot of us, you know, as you know, if you do know, maybe you don't, that tax collectors were so despised by the Jewish people because they were Jews. And what tax collectors would do is they would not only charge the, the Roman tax, but they would even charge more so they would get paid and get. So in, in this series, you see where Matthew's he's he's wealthy, has a lot of money and whatnot, but he's despised by everybody. And so you'd have to watch the build up. The character is great how he, he portrays him. But I love when Peter comes up and he and he said, I don't understand. And he said, you didn't understand when I chose you either. It's hard for us sometimes to understand that God would choose us, right? After everything we've done or we feel so unqualified, but he chooses us. I love that line too. And he said, you know, he said, get used to different, <laughs> you know, right? 
Sometimes we also put God in a box, not only for us, but other people. Like, man, you know, God, somebody feels called to do so-and-so. It's like, man, as Pastor Todd said a couple weeks ago, and he said, you're not ministry material. You remember when Pastor Todd said that God said that? And here he is all these years later, you know, still a pastor, been led this church for 18 years, still in the ministry, doing a great work, you know. So people don't understand when God chooses and calls people for certain things, but it doesn't matter. You may not understand it, but the scripture makes it clear we've all been chosen, right? Just to hammer this a little bit more, Ephesians 1.4, because it's powerful. It's not random either, like I said earlier. Listen to this. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You see that? Even before the world was made, before God, before the foundations of the earth, before God created the galaxies and the planet, he had me and you in mind. He loved us and he chose us. Isn't that powerful? We got to understand this. It wasn't a recent decision that God just made. Like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to call Dwayne. That, that sounds like a good idea. He looks like he needs something to do. That's not how God operates. Before the foundation of the world, before the world was made, he chose us, created us with a purpose, plan, and destiny in mind. I like how Ephesians 2, 10 and another translation says, even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Amen? I mean, this message is called God's faithfulness in fulfilling your destiny. You have a destiny fulfilled, and you got to know God chose you. Only you can fulfill the destiny God has for you to fulfill. Amen? He chose Israel, and he also has chosen you. Number two, God delivered Israel, and he can deliver you. Another way to say is he set them free, he can set us free. Joshua 24, 5 and 7. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt. And afterwards, listen to this. I brought you out as a free people. You see that? I brought you out as a free people. Let me give you a little more detail on how the Lord delivered Israel. God sent Joseph ahead to Egypt to preserve the, the nation during famine, and then he sent Moses and Aaron to deliver the nation from bondage. This was back in, in Genesis. Egypt had been saved from starvation because of the Jews, but instead of being grateful, the rulers of Egypt eventually enslaved the Jews and made their lives bitter. All of this was a fulfillment of what God had promised to Abraham centuries before, but their suffering in Egypt only made the Israelites multiply more. They had suffering, but listen, again, in your suffering, just like in their suffering, they were slaves for 400 years, God still had a purpose in it all. Never lose sight of your purpose during suffering. And that's what happens a lot of times. Sometimes pain, grief, mourning overshadows our purpose and our destiny. Don't let discouragement distract you from your destiny. Don't let pain and grief, and we got to go through those, th these precious families that are among us today are grieving, and, and, and I understand, we, we've all been, we've had tragedy, we've lost, but listen, there's a purpose in it all. Even in the midst of the grief, and I've shared it, I shared it yesterday at, at, at um, Mr. Chasson, Charles Chasson's memorial service, I shared that, the second Corinthian scripture, and that, that God's the source of all comfort, he comforts us in our times of troubles, so we can comfort others in their time of need. And every time I do a memorial service now, I stand up and I say, listen, I'm not just sharing this scripture because I'm a pastor. I know it to be true. My mom passed away, my dad and my brother. My whole immediate family has gone on. And I know God has comforted me and I'm up here today offering you that same comfort, right? There's a purpose in it all, right? I wouldn't have chose that, that, that I would have lost my dad at 19, my brother when he was only 33, and then my mom just a couple of years ago. But you know what? 
I, as, as being in ministry, I can relate to those that are hurting and grieving, right? So I see God has a purpose and a plan. And it also, even in your grief, in the hard time, don't lose sight of God's purpose. See, God judged the gods and rulers of Egypt by sending 10 plagues to the land, climaxing with the death of the firstborn. This is in Exodus. Only then uh, did stubborn Pharaoh give the Jews permission to leave the land, but then he changed his mind and he sent his army out after him at the last minute. God not only brought his people out, he also led them through the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptian army in the waters. Listen, I just want to encourage you, if you need freedom from anything today, Christ can set you free. This is a picture, y'all. This is a picture of freedom, of deliverance from bondage. They were in bondage for 400 years. There ain't nobody in here that's 400 years old, right? 400 years, generations of people were in bondage, and yet the Lord at his time, at the right time, set them free. If you're in bondage to something, if, if you're something's holding you back, for me, for years, it was drugs and alcohol. You've heard my story. It may be depression. It may be grief. You know, it's one thing we, we do grieve, but the Bible says we don't grieve like those that have no hope. If you've been grieving for years and years and years, you may need to be set free from that. It may be some kind of bondage. It may be uh, whatever, some t- type of, of, of lust or, or, or uh, dysfunctional behavior of some sort. Whatever it is, Christ wants to set you free. John 8, 36, Jesus said, Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you will really be free. This is not some artificial or temporary freedom. If the Lord sets you free, you will be free indeed. Some translations say, amen? The Lord set me free over 18 years ago, and I'm still free. I'm really free. I'm free indeed, amen? So the Lord will do this. Many others in here could share their own testimonies about that. The Lord wants you to not only be set free, but to live free. And that's the second part of our vision. That's why our vision is for you to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. And listen, we believe we can, we want to pray for you today. If you need freedom from anything, I'd love to pray with you right after this service. That's why we have things like Celebrate Recovery uh, every Friday night at 7 o'clock. We also have life groups. We just, we, we're rolling out a new semester of life groups. I want to encourage you to go to our website, check out the life groups we have. We may not have as many right now with COVID and everything. Not everybody's back yet, but there's some form of life group to help you to not only, see, God will set you free, but you need to get involved with people so you can live free. See, the Lord set me free, but I immediately got into a life group I was going to every Thursday night, and those people helped me. When I had people knocking on my door, still trying to sell me drugs, and I resisted the temptation, but later I was thinking, man, I probably should call them back. I'd go to my life group, but I remember specifically one time I told the, uh, one of the guys in the life group, man, somebody came over this, uh, this week and offered me some of the drugs that I used to, I used to love, and he, and he just encouraged me like, man, you did the right thing. You don't need that. Stay strong. I was living by myself at the time. You see, the Lord uses people to, to help us to live free. He sets us free, but he uses people to help us to live free. So I want you to get involved in a life group. If you're not, get involved in CR on Friday nights. And, and again, if you need to be set free, you say, man, I'm tired of living under bondage or to, to anything. I feel like this is a stronghold. It's holding me back. Please come up after. I will personally pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. Now, if you've been set free already, you must never forget what it's like being in bondage. See, it's a dangerous thing to take the gift of salvation and freedom for granted. Look at Galatians 5.1. It says, let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always, I love this, we must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. We must refuse. You remember the Israelites, they were thinking about going back because they were hungry. 
They, they said, man, we had meat and all that. We had, and all we got is this, this manna in the wilderness now. All, all you giving us to eat meat. We had, we had onions and garlics and, and bell pepper. And they, man, they had, you know, uh, roux, gumbo roux and everything in Egypt. You know, all we got is bread now. But they didn't realize the food was free because they wasn't. We look back to the past sometimes and think, man, it was cool when I used to do this. But we forget we were in bondage the whole time. Oh, it was fun back then. It might have been fun, but it's no fun when you're in bondage. It's a deception of the enemy is what it is. And remember, we've been set free for a purpose. 2 Timothy 1.9, for he delivered us and saved us and called us with a holy calling, a calling that leads to a consecrated life, a life set apart, a life of purpose. Not because of our works or because of any personal merit. We can do nothing to earn this, but because of his own purpose and grace which was granted to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And again, like I shared my story just now, I constantly like to share my story of how God set me free from drugs, alcohol, depression, loneliness, not having a purpose or a direction. And I do that, one, because I know it brings people hope. Every time I share my story, somebody tells me later, man, I appreciate it. I would have never known that, that you know, you, you was a drug addict or alcoholic. I do that to help people out. That's the main reason, to give people hope. But also, as I was preparing this week, I thought I also like to do that because it reminds me of where I came from. And I never want to forget where I came from. I never want to get to a place where I feel like I've arrived and, and I, I'm God's, you know, uh, uh, you know, poster child or something like that. I don't know the word I'm looking for. But I just, I, I need to remember that, you know what, not even two decades ago, I walked in here a really broken and messed up man. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm up here today. Amen. So we need to remember where we come from. Remember, like, as I said, God not only brought his people out, but he also led them through the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptian armies in the water. See, this is the application. When God brings you out of bondage, he will lead you through the next season of your life. If you leave something, you got to be going somewhere. You can't just be wandering in the wilderness like they did because of their own charges. Which leads to my last point. Number three, God guided Israel and he will guide you. Man, what's my purpose? What's my destiny? How do I go about doing this? All I can tell you is we'll help you in next steps, but the Lord will guide you. Joshua 24, 8. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. He brought them out, but he's bringing them somewhere. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of the land. God brought Israel out that he may bring them in. Amen? He brought them out of bondage so he can bring them into the promised land. His goal for them was the promised land, but their sin at Kadesh Barnea caused them to wander in the wilderness until the old unbelieving generation had died off. Remember, it was only Caleb and Joshua, the only two spies that went to the promised land, and the only two adults really out of the whole nation that made it into the promised land. The old generation had to die. Their children, along with Joshua and Caleb's, the one that entered the promised land. See, the Lord was with was their guide the whole time they were in the wilderness. Look at Exodus. This goes back before now while they were in the wilderness. Exodus 13, 21 and 22. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. This is a great picture of us today in the church as the Holy, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does the same thing today. He guides us day and night. Amen. The Spirit never sleeps, y'all. 
The Holy Spirit is always here. He's living inside of us to guide us each and every day. Look what Jesus said, John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Lord is still guiding us today by his spirit. Each and every day, you know, you need to realize that you're chosen. You need to realize that if you're in any kind of bondage, the Lord wants to set you free. And if you have been set free, we got to always remember. And look, and, and like me, you got to re- not only remember, but share with other people how God has set you free. Because it will help them, but again, it also reminds you. But then you got to understand that the Lord will guide you. But listen, you got to be listening for him to guide you. you got to be seeking him and being open to him to guide you. You know, just uh, I think last month, beginning of last month, uh, we went down to, uh, we were in the Houston area and we went and spent some time with Pastor Terry, uh, and, and Tracy, uh, pastors at Family Life Sugarland. And, uh, um, me and, me and Pastor Terry went fishing for a couple of days. Well, the first day we went fishing with his, his cousin and his cousin's a fishing guide, right? So I begin to think about this. And if, if you're an outdoors a sportsman or a woman, you understand they have guide services, but both fishing and hunting. I know we, we go fishing with Chris and there's an old guy down there in Cocodry. He's a guide and, and these guides, they know where the fish are. They know where the, where to go, how to get there, and what bait to use. I would have not known. I've never even been in those waters. We was around Corpus. I'd have never known where to go. And Pastor Terry either. He he has a boat and, and whatnot, but he knew his cousin would be able to put us on the fish. So he guided us where he had been catching fish at the last couple of days, right? He took us straight to the spot, said, this is where we've been catching them right here. And we begin to drift and we cast out to catch. Now, Pastor Terry caught most of the fish, but that's another story. So, I mean, uh, you know, I caught a few, but he caught most of them. And so, um, but guess what? That guy took us right to the spot we needed to be. He, he knew the bait we needed to use, and he even knew how we would drift about where, about how deep it is. Same thing, we've gone with Chris, Mr. Aaron down there. Man, he tells you, he puts us on the fish. He knows where the fish is. But b- besides that, I'm telling you, it would have just been drowning shrimp out there. That would have been it, right? But it's the same, I was thinking about that, it's the same with us. We look at life, and it's so vast. Just like when you go out into these bays, or you go out if you fish deep in the, in the gulf, it just looks like a vast body of water. I have no idea where to go. But the guide knows where to go. The guide knows those waters. See, when you look at the vast expanse of our life, it may look overwhelming. Where do I go? We have a full-time guide living on the inside of us each and every day, church. And he will guide you each and every day. He'll bring you out so so he can bring you in. Amen? So remember, three facts about God's faithfulness. The Lord chose Israel and he chose you. He delivered Israel, and he can deliver you, and he guided Israel, and he will guide you. If you listen to him, if you open up your heart and his voice, and you ask him, Lord, would you help me? Would you guide me? Every day I'm asking, every time I put together a message, I have a a direction maybe. I know I'm in Joshua, right? I know, but I'm like, Lord, guide me. Holy Spirit, show me. Where do you want to go? What do you people need to hear this week? What do they need to hear? I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying. A lot of things we say up here are not in our notes. I said a few things this morning already. Didn't plan on saying, but this morning I was praying, Lord, give me supernatural revelation of your word. Give me unction. Give me fresh illustrations. And they just come out. The Lord guides me of what I need to hear. And it's amazing. Just just this week, there was a lady that I was meeting with Wednesday after service. Me and Nathan was meeting with her. And during worship, she wrote down three questions that she was asking the Lord. And she said all three of my points answered her questions. She had no idea what I was going to preach on. And it, that's amazing. What does that tell me? I, I'm trusting the Lord to guide me 
through preparation and preaching of a message. Why? Because this is my calling and my purpose. It's the same true with your calling, your purpose, your life. If you don't know, allow the Lord to guide you. Now, as we conclude, as we close, I read this passage uh, during my first point, but I'm going to read the next verse with it as well. It's Ephesians 1. I'm going to read 4 and 5 now. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Let me read that second part again. God decided in advance, again, remember, before the foundations of the earth, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. I know there's some people in this room, some watching at home, that have probably adopted children already. And, and I don't know much about adoption, but when you adopt children, you have to go through the state, right? Is it the state you have to go through? You have to go through the process. And so... Just as every state has certain processes you have to go through to adopt a child into your family, the Lord's process for him adopting us into his family was through Jesus Christ. I said it earlier. There's only one name under heaven by which we can be saved, by which can be adopt, we can be adopted. And you see, we've been talking about the Jewish people. They're God's chosen people. That was, that was God's original children, so to speak. But then, you know what? He made a way to adopt all of us in through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard and that the wages of sin is death. And that word death is an eternal death, eternal separation from God. Because if the wages of sin, uh, you know, is, 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 is death, eternal death, because he goes on to say the free gift of life, is uh, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So in the context, if eternal life, if that life is speaking of eternity, that death is an eternal death too. You see that? So that's an eternal separation. But because of Jesus, he came down, he loved us, he died for us, he made a way to pay for our sins, to take the wages of sin. He died, and so that we can be adopted in to God's family and be called children of God. Amen? Would you do me a favor and just bow your head with me? Close your eyes. Even if you're watching at home this morning, I want you to bow your head wherever you are. And this is just out of respect for people around you and reverence for those, and just so you can focus and concentrate on the Lord and what the Holy Spirit's saying. You know, uh, again, we prayed just this week. I went to two funerals or two, two uh, wakes, or one, one wake, one service, and I, I was a part of officiating another one. Just this week, three people, and just found out about this young man, 51 years old, Troy. Every week, y'all, reminds us we're not promised tomorrow. With every head bowed and every eye closed, are you ready? Are you prepared for eternity? Those scriptures in Romans make it clear we'll either be eternally with the Lord and have eternal life or eternal death, eternal separation from the Lord. Are you ready this morning? If you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm ready to enter into eternity, but I want to be today. I want to be adopted into the family of God. I just want you to slip your hand up. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Sir, I see your hand. Young man right here, over here to my left. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Hands going up to my left. Anybody over here? Thank you, Lord. I'm just believing for more hands. Even at home, I want you to raise your hand. Even though I can't see you, the Lord can see you. It's just a, an admission of, Lord, I need you today. Anybody else? I see your hand in the back, sir. Another hand going up. Come on, hands still going up. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? We're not promised tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's pray together. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me.
Thank you for taking my penalty of sin. Lord, I know I've sinned, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I repent today, and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you, Lord, all the days of my life. Lord, would you guide me and set me free today? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we celebrate with these that just made that decision? Amen. Amen. Listen, if you made that decision for the first time, or it's been a long time, there's a, a card in a pew uh, right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Go ahead and fill that card out. Bring it to the info center. Um, we'll give you a Bible if you need. There was a young man that came Wednesday night. He didn't have a Bible. Gave him a Bible, encouraged him. Listen, if you're just starting this journey with the Lord and the family of God, you need to have the Word of God in your hands. That's your way. God guides me, I'm telling you, 90% of the time through His Word. Through His Word. Every day as I read, we're talking about God guiding us mainly it's through his word. I'm praying about something and God gives me direction. Now his spirit speaks to me and my pastor, you know, encourages me and it gives me wisdom, but the majority is through the Bible. If you sit down and read the Bible, not just like another book or a Christian thing to check off, I'm telling you, God will guide you through his living word. Would you do me a favor and stand up as we close in prayer? Maybe some of you this morning needed to be reminded that you were chosen, that you're, you're, you're not here randomly. You were chosen by God. He has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny. For some of you, you may need to be free. And I'm going to pray in a minute. And I even want to pray for you specifically after. And for some of you, you got major decisions to make. You say, Brandon, I need God's guidance in a certain decision I got to make or an area of my life right now. I need the Lord's guidance. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand. Let me see your hand right now. Look all the hands going up. I want to pray for you. Let's pray over these three things. Keep your hands up if you need the Lord's guidance for something specifically. Father, I thank you that we're a chosen people, Lord God. You chose us, Lord God, before the foundation of the earth. Lord God, you chose us. You called us back from the ends of the earth. Lord God, and, and chose us and said you would not throw us away, but you would help us and hold us up with your victorious right hand. Father, I thank you for that. I pray that anybody that needs to be free today, you would set them free, Lord God, even right now, right now. Lord God, whatever the bondage it is that's holding them back, Lord, set them free, Lord God, that they can live free. And Lord, I pray with all these with their hands up that need a decision, Lord God, they need to hear from you. They need your guidance. Lord, we just read, you said, Lord Jesus, that your spirit would lead us into all truth. Whatever it is, may my be a, a truth of your word, a truth about themselves, or it may be a decision, Lord God, the true decision, the right decision they need to make. I pray you would guide them in that decision that your kingdom come and that your will would be done in their lives. I thank you for them today. I pray your grace, blessing, peace, and power to be with them as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Again, if you need specific prayer, especially for freedom, Come up here. I'll be here. Some of the pastors, and we'll be more than glad to pray with you. Anything else? If not, have a wonderful day.